Blog Talk Radio. Colorado's uh sorry, the wins that Colorado have to get 
uh, in this run for uh, March Madness. You know, it just looks good for their resume. And you can put, I'm I'm not sure, like, the way they're, they might be ranked. They might have a chance of a better ranking uh, when it's time for the tournament time. So you'll have to wait and see what happens. I I know I'm definitely looking forward to the the rematch of Oregon and uh, Oregon State. Those will uh, definitely be good games. I know uh, both teams will want to come and play them and, you know, try to get a revenge. Uh, to take a, a win against them, so we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. Yes, we will see what happens. And I got a question for both you guys, uh, Daryl. You go first, then Javon. Uh, what do people back east really think of the Pac-12 in basketball? Uh, they don't have much buzz, I'm sure. Uh, they're better this year, but w- what is the uh, sentiment about the Pac-12 in basketball on the East Coast? I think it's a, a division that's not really uh, looked at uh, a lot of times. You know, people, uh, they look at other leagues or uh, other divisions and say, well, you know, uh, the Pac-12 the maybe, uh, I guess, uh, under under the scope, uh, I know uh, most teams, I mean, uh, most uh, news carriers or ESPN may mention it here and there, but I don't, I don't think, uh, you know, they're uh, watched carefully as other divisions. So, you have to watch out for those teams. Yeah, piggybacking over, piggybacking on what Daryl said, I agree the Pac-12 is not being seen so much, and as he said, not being looked to as much, and I think that's why it's so great that they had the implementation of the Pac-12 network, which me and you, Greg, talked about, it seems like, eons ago when that, when that, when that television network was just starting about and we were talking about what kind of impact it can have, and this is another good impact that the Pac-12 never can have in broadcast these games, uh, especially down the stretch, because there's going to be a lot of good games. This, like The conference is really so close together, it's ridiculous. you got Arizona, Oregon, UCLA, all top of the top spot in the Pac-12 standing. And then you got Arizona State, Colorado, Stanford, California, Washington, USC, two and a half games apart. Which yeah, is, you would never think that would possibly be happening, but that's, that's college basketball at its best. We want to see great games in February and March, and we want to see both. We want to see these games come down to the wire, and that's what we're going to see out the Pac-12 these next, couple of, these next couple of weeks, no doubt. Yeah, no question. Uh, we're going to see a lot of that excitement. And, you know, another good league out here, uh, and I know you guys want to get to the East, which is great, uh, and the Big East and the Catholic Seven, all that new stuff, but the Mountain West is really tough out here. Uh, you know, with New Mexico, Colorado State, UNLV, San Diego State, Wyoming, Boise State's having a good year. It is a very tough league. Yeah, the Mountain West, you said, you mentioned, you said the Mountain West is pretty good, and they have a lot of good teams. We remember Wyoming. They started out on fire. They were 13-0. and 0. They were the talk of the country. Look at Wyoming. Can this team possibly make a, a, tor- a run in the NCAA tournament? And they faded ever since they getting beat by Boise State. They're 2-7 right now in the conference. But a constant force that is good to see in this conference is New Mexico. New Mexico has been playing very consistent. Tony Snell, Steve Alford, the head coach, been playing really consistent basketball ever since Ever since the uh, the basketball marathon started back on ESPN, 
They've been playing pretty consistent. Their schedule's been pretty good. They're seven and two in conference and twenty and four overall. But one team I did not expect to be this good right now is Air Force. They're five and four and fourteen and eight. No, I didn't expect the, expect the Air Force Falcons to be this good. And Colorado State sixteen and Colorado State six and two not six and two in conference in nineteen and four in in nineteen and four overall record. I didn't expect yeah. those two to play as well. It's kind of shocking me almost. Daryl, is it safe to say that Air Force is flying high this year? Uh, yeah, they are. They're definitely flying high. They're not yeah, I agree. Either. <laughs> definitely with them, they are flying high. Being fourteen and eight, and they have some. They have some quality. They have. They have some. They have capable wins. I mean, they lost the UNLV in overtime by only five, so that's not bad. But they did handle. Boise State beat them ninety to ninety to ninety to eighty, and then you know beat San Diego State, which was ranked seventy to sixty, and then they got blown out by New Mexico. But New Mexico has been playing all well this season, and they're not out of the conference race yet. They're two games out, and they have a good player, and they have a good player in in Michael Lyons, the senior guard. He's averaging seventeen point six points per game and four point five rebounds per game. He's playing phenomenal basketball right now, and he, and if Air Force wants to make any kind of run in the Mountain West tournament. They're going to need him to step up and play big minutes down the stretch because Air Force is not used to being in this situation, and they're in this situation now. So you've got to see how they'll react to playing these playing this kind of basketball. Yeah, you absolutely will. And uh, uh, speaking of great basketball, uh, how are things on the East Coast there, Daryl? I know you're down in uh, the Carolinas, uh, but uh, you've got tremendous basketball there. you got it in Florida. Miami uh, has got a really nice team this year. And then you go all the way up to the main Black Bears. Uh, they're tremendous basketball on the East Coast, as always. Miami uh, played over the weekend, if I'm not mistaken. And that was a really good game to watch on TV. Um, I believe they won, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, they did win. They, they did win because yeah, they're on Win. Yeah, they won over the weekend. They beat North Carolina, eighty-seven sixty-one. That was a really good game I'm watching TV. I, I watched every minute of it. Uh, they pretty much ran over North Carolina uh, per se uh, with a, a dominating score, especially in the uh, first half. Forty-eight outscored them uh, forty-four to twenty-seven. So it was a, definitely a good game. Yeah. Just piggybacking off of what Daryl said, Miami is one of those teams where somebody asked me yesterday on Twitter, um, do you do you do you expect Miami? What do you expect from? How about the Canes? I said the Canes are playing tremendous basketball right now. You nobody expect this Miami team to be this good just yet, but they have such a great coach in Jim Laranega, and we all know what Jim Laranega did back with George Mason years ago, taking them to the Final Four. So they're playing tremendous basketball right now in the ACC, and you and they, they have they have beaten Duke. They took it out the big boys. So what's standing what's standing between them and the, and going to the Sweet Sixteen? Maybe not a lot. So I think Miami's been playing good as well. Also, people should also keep an eye out when, as this month continues and we move forward to March. And that is the, a lot of the um the mid major conferences like the America East. They have a good one going on between Stony Brook and, and Vermont. Vermont's nine and two in conference. Stony Brook is eight and two in conference. So you gotta look out for a lot of these low conf- these mid majors because mid majors it always seems finds to make a name for themselves 
in the NCAA tournament. Can we not remember last year when Norfolk State upset Mizzou and just blew up everybody's brackets? So you got to pay attention. <laughs> yeah. What about is, uh, the LaSalle Explorers? Oh, yeah, LaSalle. I actually broadcasted that game on Saturday on the radio, and LaSalle went on a three-point assault. They demolished Fordham. 89 to 53, and it was just it was a three point shootout. When the one thing I do say about the Explorers, when they're on in the three point shooting, they can they cannot be stopped for the most part. And it's great to see that this team is playing up to their capabilities. I'll say they beat Fordham 89 to 53, and they have and they're basically they're one game out of they're one game out of first place for the wow. in the eight. So they're playing wow. good basketball. But they have a tough stretch coming up this this week. With they're going at St. Bonaventures, they got they got St. Joe's at the Palestra, which would be a great game. And then they got and then they're going in the Temple on February 21st. So they got a couple wow. they got tough games coming up. Well, they do up. have a tough stretch. So it's going to it's going to test his mental and see if this team is really ready for the big time. And St. Bonaventure is 11-11 right now in the eight ten and 11-11 overall. So they got to handle business against Saint, against the Bonnies, just like how you did against Fordham. Put them, put them out their misery in the first half. Do not give these teams no hope because if you do, then you're going to be in some serious trouble. Okay, guys, let's just talk a little bit about the NBA. Can you believe the Portland Trailblazers having a decent year? Uh, I think tonight at one point, uh, Jovan, you can check it on your stats there, instant stats that you have right in front of you, but uh, Damian Lillard was one for 15, but the ironic part, it wouldn't matter Portland or anything, uh, the irony of this is that they've twice they've played teams this year with 12-game losing streaks, and those teams have beat the Blazers. Uh, the Washington Wizards, and now tonight, Orlando Magic. Unbelievable. Yeah, Damian, uh, Damian Lillard, one for 16 tonight, 0 for 8 from the three-point line, four points but 12 assists. He's going to have that as a rookie, and you're right. Lamarcus Aldridge had a big game, though, 25 points. That's going to that's not that's going to get it done. But the the Blazers bench was non-existent tonight. Top scorers were was Joel Freeman, Luke Babbitt, and and Nolan Smith all tied with six points. But one thing that the Blazers did tonight, which which is concerning, is that which no team has really been able to stop this player. They let Nick Vucevic go off again. Nick Vucevic, another double-double, 17 points, 19 rebounds in 31 minutes. He's been a monster this year, and I think that's where the Blazers lost their game. And they, Damian, they lost their game. They lost the game also in the three-point shooting, only shooting 37% from the three. So, I mean, these kind of games for the Blazers, they're a young team. They're 25 and 26 right now, so I don't think nobody well, is going to be this this good as early. So. I think we have to – I think as, as NBA people, we just got to be like, okay, this is a young team. They're going to learn. But I think there's going to be better days to come when they're going to play these teams like the Magic and the Wizards and just hammering them out with no problem. Darrell, what do you think about the NBA this year? It's kind of mixed up. Uh, there's a few of the normal favorites, but uh, it's also very – it just doesn't seem possible to see the Lakers and Dallas down there. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets, I would say, haven't played as well as they should have. And uh, there's a lot of teams that have – and now the Clippers have kind of gone in the tank. It's very unusual year for the NBA, Daryl. 
Yeah, it is. Uh, like you mentioned, the, the big name team, uh, especially Dallas. I'm shocked about Dallas uh, not doing too well this year. But uh, it's it seems like there's a change in the way uh, teams are going, uh, getting their players. You know, trades are happening. Uh, I told Javon earlier. I said I think everyone, no matter how young or old of a team you have, everyone's starting to is in the rebuilding process. So it uh, makes you wonder, like, okay, well, you know, what's going to happen? Uh, you know, what teams will make it in the playoffs? What teams won't make it in the playoffs? So uh, uh, it's it's been very different than uh, the Lakers. You know, they have this whole controversy going on with uh, Howard and Nash and Kobe not getting along with each other. So um, if they can uh, fix that issue at least and try to go on some sort of run, knowing that they're not too far um, there maybe uh, 16 games out of first, but only two and a half, well, not two and a half, um, four games within, on out, they're on the outside looking in. So if they can go ahead and fix that run, at least bridge the gap between the playoffs, because after the all-star break, uh, you know, things will get rougher for either team, no matter what team you're, if you're, uh, right now, if you're in the top eight seed, you, know, you never know what can happen. So it's, it's, uh, it'd be something to look out for definitely as we uh, enter the All-Star break. Huh. Yeah, very much so. And this All-Star break is going to be special because a lot of teams got to regroup and retool, Jovan. Yeah, a lot of teams do, and a lot of teams are not playing consistent. And wow. as Daryl said, there's a lot of teams on the outside looking in and a lot of teams looking to make trades. Chris Broussard tweeted tonight that the that the Nets are pursuing Josh Smith and they're possibly going to look a trade for him. Remember the Nets this early this week were trying to trade Chris Humphreys for Ben Gordon, but now the pursuit is on Josh Smith. And Josh Smith isn't being such a, the nicest teammate right now in Atlanta right now. And Atlanta's slipping. You look at the 6 7 eight, Atlanta, it goes Atlanta, Boston, Milwaukee, and Boston's only one and a half games behind Atlanta. And Boston's winning one seven game straight without Rajon Rondo. So it's kind yeah. of in the sea. And then in the Western Conference, we're seeing a lot of change in the guard. And we're seeing that, as you said, Dallas is not playing well. The Lakers aren't playing the well. And the Blazers, surprisingly, are only two and a half games out of the seventh and the eighth spot going against Utah in, in, uh, in, in Houston. So, I mean, as you said, this all-star break is going to be key for a lot of teams. They're going to need to rest and they're going to need to retool because – you, the only way you're probably going to make a run this year, I think you had to make a trade. Somebody's going to have to make a trade to break to break loose. Yeah, I think you're right, and I think it's going to be a major trade. We might see that come up even tonight. Uh, I get some uh, information that there might be something going on tonight that could be one of the NBA's biggest trades in years. So we we'll have wow. to stand by on that one. Yeah, definitely. Keep got to keep an eye on this because uh, whoever 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 these teams these these teams make this deal is going to it's going to it's going to as you as you already alluded is going to make a major shakeup in the in the NBA and it could it's going to change a lot of teams' fortunes in their path. Yeah, no doubt about it. That's that's absolutely correct. Um, what do you think about the, your 76ers there, Daryl? Um, you know, I mean, they're Javon 76ers. Uh, 
kind of brush them off depending off they're winning or losing. But what do you think? I want you two to comment on the 76ers. That team always intrigues me. Doug Collins intrigues me. But are they in trouble? Um, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Nah, you, you, you can go talk first. about your team. Nah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, Sixers, they're really in transition. They're looking for a backup point guard right now. They did not like Malik Wayne at the backup point guard. Then they got Shelvin Mack. And now they have the likes of Jeremy Pargo, which, Greg, you probably have the 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 – Probably have got to see Pargo play at Gonzaga. Right, he for, can play. Yeah, he can definitely play. And the Sixers fans, when he played Saturday night versus the Bobcats, loved the way this guy plays. And there's one thing that stood out for me about Pargo that all these backup point guards couldn't do. Pargo is not scared. That's one thing I noticed. He is not scared to shoot, to make plays, to get dirty, and to hustle. And I think he wants that backup job, and I think he can win the backup job. Pargo's playing great, but the key is for the Sixers, they got to stay healthy. They lose Thaddeus Young. Jason Richardson's out for the year, and we're still, still waiting for Andrew Bynum to come back. The wait that, uh, that everyone seems to be waiting for. I think uh, the Sixers are having a coaching problem this season. Uh-huh. Uh, well, they're not winning games like they they normally have been. Uh, you know, they they keep the lead and then maybe the lead may fall late in the fourth. They they know how to put up scores better than the game. They don't know how to close out. They're twenty two and twenty seven and tomorrow night they play the Clippers, uh, at home and then after the after the all star break they definitely have a stretch of games. Miami, New York and Orlando and Chicago. Wow. So I think uh it might be a coaching issue. Uh, I, I don't want to. Now, don't get me wrong. Doug Collins is a great coach, but last year, you know, Sixers were in playoff contention uh, before the All Star break. So I think it may be something. Now, Jovan is right. There are players that aren't healthy, but I think it may be a coaching issue as well. You know, and I want to throw this out, guys. Is he really a good coach, Doug Collins? Um, I guess he is. Uh, but, you know, he seems to not be a consistent coach, you know. And, and, like, you know, with Doc Rivers, you're going to get an above 500 team every year for the most part. Uh, you know, I realize Doug Collins has taken over tough teams. Jovan, what's your assessment of Doug Collins right at this moment? Right at this moment, I think that he's done an adequate job with the pieces that he has given and I and I agree, he's taking over worse teams. And I think the kind of coach that Doug Collins is, you might be able to agree with me, Greg and Daryl, is that he's a coach that will just he's a coach that will take the bad teams and get all the maximum energy that he can get out of his players. I and agree. then he can't get no more out of them. We saw that with the Sixers last year. He got all the maximum energy out of every of his players and got them to the second round in the game seven. But maybe that's all he was good for. And I think he's his teams. I think they have a problem of they don't listen, they don't tune, they don't, they don't, they don't, they don't run the right thing sometimes. So I think he's a coach that can get their attention, but I think they will also tune him out to a to a to an extent. Yeah, I would agree with you. Which could yeah. be a cause of one player 
of Evan Turner, which I don't want to bash him, but he has not played consistent basketball this season, and there's been rumors that he could be traded to Utah for Al Jefferson. Just saying. Wow. That would be a big trade. That would be definitely a big trade uh, in my mind. Are you going down to the game tomorrow night, Javon, when they play the, uh, as Daryl alluded to, they play the Clips tomorrow night? Um, No, I will not be down there. Um, I'll be watching in the confines of my own home on Comcast Sportsnet, so I'll I'll tune in and watch Zoom off the movie room. Daryl, the way he said that, you'd think he's going to the mansion. Yeah, he does. <laughs> How is that confines of that home, Jovan? It's probably pretty toasty this time of year. Ah, uh, yeah, it's pretty warm. Got the heat on. You can kick back. Put on the Sixers on Comcast, any sporting event. Turn on the volume, turn on your HD, you know. Just kick back and watch some sports. Ah, Taylor, you know. those are the days. <laughs> yeah. And plus, yeah. tweeting and writing about them. Can't forget that. Yeah. All right, guys, I'm going to get out of here for tonight, but carry on another six minutes. We'll talk again next week, and I'll talk in 35 minutes, Jovan, on the golf show. Most definitely. Thank you very much. No problem. Take care, guys. And that was Gray Crawford joining us here tonight on the East-West Hoop Soup. And we have about four minutes left in the show, but also uh, we 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 probably we forgot to put out the number this whole show. Actually, um, if you want to call in, you want to call in right now. The number is three four seven two one five eight five three one. If you want to call in, number is three four seven two one five eight five three one. So if you want to get involved, we talk about some college hoops, talk about some NBA, talk about anything you want to talk about in the world of basketball, because a lot of interesting things happening in basketball. As we as we talked about, a lot of trades could possibly be going on, possibly could happen. As Greg said, there possibly could be one tonight. So, I mean, I I take I take Greg's I take Greg's word pretty seriously. You know what I mean? So, if there's something that could happen tonight, you heard it here first on the East West Hoop Soup. Yeah, I'll be up waiting for that one. I, I'm dying to know what uh, what trades will be made, uh, especially since. The trade deadline is only six days away. Yeah, uh, you're right. The trade deadline is only six. Is only six. Um, is only six days away. Surprisingly, nobody didn't. We, I didn't even think of it like that. And for him to say there possibly could be a possible trade that could happen tonight, that would be an interesting thing to see if that it came to fruition. That some trade could happen. As we mentioned earlier in the show, we talked about how. Um, we talked about how the Nets could be pursuing uh, Josh Smith. Could that be the Could that be the trade that goes down tonight? It could be. Uh, that could be. That it, could be the big be. one. Not going. This that is a big, a big trade. One. Uh, especially Chris Bussard tweeted about it, but you never know. That could be something big that's happening right now. Could be, and the Nets would have to. And the Nets and the and the. Nets probably have to give up a lot in return for Josh Smith because Atlanta's not going to let him get off that easily. Right. They already let they already let Joe Johnson go from down there, so they're going to have to give some back in return for for the for him. Right, and also uh, speaking about the Nets, uh, they lost one eleven to eighty six, but uh, in the first half of the game they were up ten 
you know, they, they put on a, a show against the Spurs. But you know, Pop, uh, Greg Popovich is known for his uh, defense, his coaching skills. And, you know, the Spurs automatically turned it around and the scores showed it that they uh, they went to the place and had a ball out there. Parker finished with 29 points, so. Yeah, the thing is with the, the thing is, and you brought up some interesting just my saying that the thing is with the Nets, they are they are um they're not the Nets they're good, but they're not good yet. And they 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 have their issues. They have their issues of scoring when not score. And that's a problem when you wanna when you wanna be a top contender in the East. And if this tree, if there is the Josh Smith tree that goes down, does that help the Nets elevate themselves, or are they still missing another piece? I think that helps them elevate themselves. Yeah, because they play that fast tempo type of game, and they don't have that. They need they need that athletic power forward to go with them. I mean, Chris Humphreys. I mean, a lot of a lot of us, a lot of our teams that we both like, so we probably want to play like Chris Humphreys because he gives you a double double every night. Right. But what the Nets probably need is a player like Josh Smith because they want to run. You can see it. they want to run. They got the pieces to do it. Joe Johnson, Gerald Wallace, Darren Williams, Marshawn Brooks. They got the pieces, so they probably want to run. But what pieces will they have to give up to get Josh Smith? That's the question that that's that's the question that's in waiting. Right, because you don't want to lose your team. You, you actually want to build around the trade so that you can keep your key players on the court. And definitely, definitely, you do want to keep your key players around if you if you can if you can in this in this in the game because if you don't do that then then you 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 guys need to come out as the winner of the trade overall. But that's going to end up the East-West Hoop Soup here tonight on Block Talk Radio. I'd like to thank everybody for listening again. Make sure we'll be back here at the same time, 11 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 p.m. Pacific Time. This is me, Jovan Alford, with our co-host, I mean, with our co-host, Greg Crawford on CSNOFlus.com and Daryl Central Classic University. Everybody have a good night and be safe out there. We'll see you again next Sunday.